Welcome to Secure Podcast. I hope you can all feel my soul radiating through these frequencies. See you all on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number five on the beautiful series, The Crown of a Mom. Today, we're speaking with Maggie. She will be opening her heart, opening her home, and sharing her experience with all of us. Please be mindful that we are continuing with the topic of loss and we are opening up our doors today to speak about stillbirths. Everything was perfect, or so it seemed. Towards maybe, I'm gonna say around four months, I started having a lot of issues where I would feel my leg being stuck and I couldn't walk properly. I'll get easily tired. I was taking a shower. I started bleeding. I panicked at that time and I just, you know, take me to the hospital. So there I go. I'm in the hospital. I'm in the bed, scared out of my mind because obviously at that time already five months, so I'm pretty big. And in my head, I was like, well, how am I going to have an abortion or how am I going to lose the baby? How is the baby going to come out of me? So in that moment, I panicked because I knew the only way out was to give birth or a C-section. And why was I going to cost myself a C-section when I could just have it naturally? And so we went through everything. I knew by the face of all the doctors that I was fighting a lost cause. Mm -hmm. So they came to the room. Everybody said, you know, you're fully dilated. We can see your water and your body's gonna reject the baby. It's already rejecting the baby. You're in labor, you know, you're in labor where your cervix, everything's dilated but we can give you bed rest. You're gonna stay in the hospital. If your body decides to give birth, you're gonna get contractions and it's over. And you're gonna give birth to a baby, but the baby will pass. He's not liable, he's only 20 weeks. And as much as we wanna give you other options, as soon as the water breaks and he takes his first breath, it will be his last. The father was there and he said, don't go through it. You know, just don't go through the labor. Just have an abortion that will take care of it. You'll be under medication. You won't feel any pain. Again, I stood tall on my belief and my mama bear instinct immediately kicked in. And I said, no, I'm going to fight for this child. 
till the very end. You know, I don't want any medication. I don't want anything. And so I sat there in a hospital room by myself, waiting to see what was going to happen. And sure enough, contraction after contraction just kept coming, and I was trying to fight it. So as I was there, I just started speaking to my child. At that time, I wanted to name him Matthew, but I didn't want the father to have a say in it because he was already involved. Mm -hmm. So he had no name yet. So I just said, you know what? I'm doing the best I can and I'm holding for a hope and a miracle. And I'm hoping that you can stay here. But if it's too painful and you can't do it, it's like, I'll take care of the rest. And so I did. And then at 10.22, he was born. It was very traumatizing for me because I wasn't under any medication, so I felt everything raw. And in a sense, I did that on purpose because I felt that I was to blame for losing him. So one of the reasons why I wanted to feel all the pain, in a sense, was to torture myself because I felt I had done something wrong to either lose him or deserve it. And I just sat there and took everything my life flashed and when I was ready to push him out because the baby was born feet first and head last the baby got stuck through the whole entire labor my eyes were closed so I couldn't see anything I didn't want to but I couldn't believe that they couldn't get him out if he was so tiny and I was fully dilated why was he stuck and a part of me panicked and I opened my eyes and I thought Maybe he has a chance to live, and that's why he's holding on. And after cursing the doctors, they were finally able to get him out. But of course, there was, there was no chance anymore. It, was, it had been over, even though I was holding on to it. I knew the moment was coming, and I had my family texting me, calling me, and I refused to answer any of the phone calls because I didn't want them to be part of that painful process. And I honestly just wanted it to be me and him in that room through the labor. And it was. It was just me and him, our firstborn, just going through it completely. He was born March 16, 2011. And that was the day. My life was shook to the core, completely. After my postpartum, La Cuarentena, we spoke again, and we started living again together. However, we, haven't, we hadn't completely healed at that time. Um, I believe at that time I was 20, so you're 20, you have your full life ahead of you, you have a whole apartment, you live with the person you love, and you've gone through such tragedy. We became involved really heavily with alcohol, and the rest of our friends, you know, they live with parents, so this was the home to be, you know. This was where we would drink, we would play, we would smoke, and at that time, we thought we were fine. Little did he know that I was dealing with a lot of depression 
I try to speak out, but I re I would sit in the office with the shrink and I automatically didn't give myself a chance and I didn't give her a chance. I felt judged. It's like nothing's wrong with me. I mean, I'm having fun. I'm not, okay, fine. I could probably drink before two, but I'm not an alcoholic, you know? Yeah, I might smoke every now and then, but I'm not a drug addict. It's weed, you know? But it wasn't just weed. It was the mixture of alcohol and weed and almost every day. And I lost three years of my life. Not necessarily lost because obviously I was functioning. I was going to work. I was keeping busy. But I wasn't completely there. I was really in depressed. And I think a lot of women, a lot of us do that to ourselves. We're actively living but we're dealing with depression we're living with anxiety i had really heavy anxiety and there was moments where i would go days without sleeping i would go on full-on anxiety attacks where i couldn't control my breathing i suffered asthma before so i couldn't breathe after those three years i'm like man i'm still deeply in love with this guy and i don't want to keep living this way i have to acknowledge that have depression we had plans we weren't supposed to be here where we are now and although there's been a lot of chaotic issues you know from depression cheating I said we can fix this we can definitely fix it so I proposed in this house and celebration I end up pregnant again and we're back in 2013 at that time I believe shitless but I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna go in knowing that if I have the child amazing and if I don't have the child I'm gonna look into all of my options and I'm not gonna lose three years of my life if I lose this child too I'm gonna be different I'm not gonna fall into depression I'm not gonna you know blame him blame me blame the world and so I tapped into God again, which I did also with Matthew, since we named the child Matthew, the first child we had. And with Oliver, it was different. We both said we wanted it, but slowly and surely, the aggression, the silence, the, yeah, it's your body and I have no option. I have no say because I'm basically being dragged to this became a lot of the narrative in the relationship. I knew that he was scared because I was scared too. And everything seemed fine. We hit that five and a half month mark and we were at the anatomy checkup ultrasound where they check everything, right? And he was waiting outside. I was inside the ultrasound and out of nowhere the cervix just dilates right before my eyes and I was just like holy shit it's not gonna happen again seriously there's no way I mean I'm holding to hope you know here I am wishing upon a miracle again but I take a deep breath they call him in 
they don't say anything, but they're making phone calls. And the baby's over here waving at us. He has like thumbs up. I can see the father of the child having like a super huge face, but inside of me, I'm terrified because I know what's happening. And the ultrasound person doesn't ha doesn't know that I know. So they ask him to step out because I'm going to change. And I immediately look at her and I tell her, you know what? I know what's happening. And I already lost another child. So let me know what's going to happen. Again, we end up in the emergency room. They let me know my options. And again, he said, you know, we're going to go through the same thing. Just have an abortion and do it now instead of later. And I was like, nope, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do bed rest. I'm going to get disability. I'm going to have a plan. We, we, everything's going to be okay. Of course, he said, you know, that's what you want. We're going to do it. We, I waited, I think, that was five months actually, it was five months, and then we waited two weeks. When I was five and a half months, that's when I ended up in the hospital, as I started having contractions, and I had the bloody show, where it's just bleeding everywhere, and this time it was just contraction after contraction after contraction, and I was like, okay, I know what's happening, I know what's happening. I felt everything all over again. I lost him on May 24, 2014, surrounded by my family, amazing, beautiful nurses. And once again, when delivering the child, his head got stuck. And that was so traumatizing because I didn't understand the meaning of it. To me, there had to be a meaning to it. I had no idea why, but there just had to be. I still haven't figured out if there is. I came to just peace with it, you know. Maybe it was just me holding on to him, my body wanting to. And I lost him. We had decided prior to that that his name was going to be Oliver, so that's his name now, Oliver. I had said I wasn't going to fall into depression, I wasn't going to do alcohol, I wasn't going to do medication, I wasn't going to do anything, but little did I know my back was going to take a toll. My back took a severe toll after the birth. I'm not going to say I ended up completely paralyzed because I didn't completely, I could still move around a little bit, but I can feel, I can feel at that time, I felt all the nerves in my back just completely alive if you touched me just run your finger through my back I felt such pain excruciating pain so I was medicated I had physical therapy me and him lived alone so he was a great help to shower to use the restroom to be put in bed uh, when he was in home I had to crawl to use the restroom I automatically just shut myself away from my family. Even though they were just a few blocks away from my home, I refused to let anybody in. I figured I can do this. I, I'm going to put myself back in this. And none of the painkillers, nothing was working. Physical therapy wasn't making it better. I resorted again to weed 
And then this time around, I mix that and medication. Really heavy muscle relaxers. I was on anxiety pills at that time too. I was literally here in the bedroom by myself and my thoughts and everything that I was going through. My freaking breasts were engorged because obviously my body was doing its own healing. At that time, I remember taking pictures of the milk that I extracted from myself and I'm like, one day I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna talk about this because there's no way in hell that I'm the only one that's going through this. There's no way that my body is doing its own healing. I don't think my back is just like this because of birth, you know, I think it's just, all the stress, all the pain, I think it's just my back took a toll. And I was in such emotional, physical, spiritual pain that I couldn't, I thought about ending my life so many times. I'm like, no, there's still more, there's purpose, there's purpose, there's something. It's horrible now, but you're gonna get through it. So I did my quarantena, I did, um, my breast, obviously, they fade away. There's no child to feed. I got lost again in the medication. The only thing that helped was chiropractors. I ended up going there. Right after I finished my sessions, I'm gonna say maybe a month or two after, <laughs> I get pregnant again with my third child. By the time that I had him, I already had a whole team of doctors behind me. I already knew all the high-risk pregnancy doctors. I already knew every test possible. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. You know, this is really going to be the test subject because Matthew, Oliver, now this third child, they have to find out what is wrong with me. You know, there, there's something wrong with me and they need to find out because this baby's gonna make it. And so I fought for his life since day one. You know, I said, okay, these are my symptoms. This is my record. What can you do for me? And yeah, we came up with a plan. I was gonna get steroids and I was gonna get a surgery called the Zerclotch to close my cervix, keep him. Obviously, none of that guarantee me holding him. So I literally lived my entire pregnancy on a prayer. I isolated myself from everything. And I did everything that I could to hold him. He I had a lot of issues. I had a lot of bleeding. I had a lot of weekly progesterone shots. So that takes a toll on your body. You lose hair. You get so tired. On top of that, you're hormonal, you're growing a baby. But I was lucky enough to isolate myself and be with nature and myself and the baby and just get in tune with what was happening. And then on February 28, 2016, I gave birth to him. And I'm not lying to you, that day was beautiful. I knew at 12, a.m. I was going to give birth to him. I felt my first small contraction. And I was like, oh my gosh, my cerclage stitches just came out six days ago. So you're ready to go for my first pregnancy, which was, well, yeah, Matthew. 
I had decided I was going to have a home birth. So I was going to have him here. And I was going to do a water birth. And then automatically with Ezra, I knew I wasn't going to do that. I had to be hospitalized because of my experience. So I said, if I'm going to go to the doctor, I'm going to arrive when this baby's like crowning. Because I'm not going to be <laughs> attached to everything. Yeah. There's no way. So I did. I got there in half hour he was born and the pain that I felt with Matthew and Oliver I cannot describe that pain it's it's something different because I've had all four children and all four labors have been completely different but God was in that room when Ezra was born I had no pain and with two pushes, he was out. And I was surrounded by nothing but my best friend, my mom, my two sisters, and just the doctors. And it was just exactly how I wanted it to be. I didn't want any negativity. I didn't want anything. It just. And then he was born. And I was so happy that everybody that was there was able to experience that just because we all have our stories. And just that I didn't have any pain and just everything. I literally was so thankful. They left me alone for a few minutes after I had him, just him and I. And I could see God in him. And it was just beautiful. That day changes your life forever and just holding his flesh against mine and finally meeting him was just so beautiful and I really want to say that there's hope out there for everybody who's struggling with anything not just mommy related issues but especially mommy related issues because I've been there you know I've been there to the point where it's so painful you want to end your life luckily I failed miserably and I thank God I did because I've come so far and just him being born taught me so much so much faith so much perseverance and just to know who I am you know and not give up I was able to you know finally breastfeed him I was finally able to stay up because I'm actually taking care of a child and not because I have severe anxiety or because I have insomnia or because I'm drinking or because it's just I'm just replaying that night and that horrible pain and I was able to be with Estra all alone for nine months until I got pregnant with Gaed with Gaed there was a lot of emotions he's my Valentine's baby that's the day I confirm he's he was in me <laughs> he wasn't planned just like the rest but with him I hesitated I hesitated a lot and I really was getting ready to terminate the pregnancy because I was so fearful of not loving another child as much as I love the rest but Ezra because of everything that I had gone through. So it's like my heart has gone through so much and I love this child so intensely 
and I fought for him so much and can I love another the same and after praying meditating even talking to the father at that point who by which is funny um, he was always like have an abortion just end the, end the pregnancy you know but with this son he's like don't end it and I was upset because I was being confronted with, pero por qué? Mm -hmm. I mean, que es la diferencia? And obviously I didn't let that be the reason why. So I definitely prayed. I didn't speak to anybody because at that time nobody knew I was pregnant. And I decided, you know what? Hell, you fought for all the others. Why not him? What's the difference? And so automatically, it's like, what's wrong with you? You know, you've lost two. And I believe in, you know, your body, your rights, do whatever you want. But this child is in you for a reason. So agarrate because you're going to fight for this one too. And the same process with him. Surgery, no shots, just surgery. A lot of intensive care, you know, by five months. I couldn't basically do much. I mean, my entire pregnancy, I couldn't do much. But his labor was different. His labor was excruciating painful. I felt the ring of fire with him. That's what they call it. I went into labor while the stitches were inside my cervix. So my body was trying to dilate, but I was closed up. So I couldn't. And I remember being taken to the triage room and trying to get the stitches removed. So I have the doctors trying to fight my body to remove something that isn't supposed to be there, but is keeping my child inside my whole pregnancy. So that one itself was really painful. And while I was in labor and through my whole pregnancy, just the labor itself, I think it was a highlight of everything that I felt and my mixed emotions because I knew he was going to make it regardless of my other history. But mentally I was struggling with, am I going to love him like I love Ezra? Am I going to be able to love this child this much and I didn't know why I think that's a lot of questions and that's a lot of fear that mothers have with their second or even their third child and I honestly when I was in labor said, you don't have to love him like you love Ezra you just have to love him because they're not the same they're completely different kids they're completely different children It's true. When I first saw him, it was love at first sight. And he's here now. And he's going to turn 21 month on the 27th. So everything was good.
was taking my mom to the chiropractor. I was just going with her since I didn't want to be home again. And as soon as we arrived at the chiropractor, I just started with the pains and the pains and the pains. And I was trying to avoid it, but then I went to the front desk and I was like, we gotta go. I'm giving birth. They're like, what? It can't happen. And that completely just, like I said, it took a toll on everything again. And with him, it was different because obviously I, I'm going to say I was more aware of you're not going to lose yourself in depression. You're not going to lose yourself. But life and stress just took my back out, you know. And that in itself was horrible because I felt, man, I had my body with Matthew. I could move and do everything but my mind wasn't there and nine now is like mind over matter and my mind is there but my body just won't go mm-hmm. so I felt like what's up what's happening you know am I supposed to you know be here am I supposed to roll with the punches am I supposed to well what am I supposed to do and that's when I started seeking more help and obviously I became well aware of different, I guess, different things that I can do to heal myself, and I'm thankful for that too. I'm thankful for chiropractic, I'm thankful for a lot of medicinal hierbas, taking more fruits, taking more vegetables, that helped my body. Till this day, I know my body a lot more than I did back then and I'm grateful for this body and I honor it so much and I try to keep up with it and I you know try to nourish it too and forget that it's not just my mind it's my body mm-hmm. and it's my soul and it's the energy that I put in not only on me but obviously the children I breastfed Gael for a year and a half I breastfed Ezra for seven months. So that in itself, your body takes a toll. Um, I remember I spoke to my mom and my close friends, like your body changes completely. Your body shifts and everything. And it's just the magic of it and not feeling so shameful of it. Because I feel a lot of us want to go back to our post-baby bodies. It's not possible. I mean, maybe it's possible, but... Why do you want to go back there when you just did something so beautiful? You know, whether the baby's with you or whether the baby's not with you, you carry that child. Your energy and his energy remain in your body. So just just love on it. You know, find new ways to love the new you and your new body. And my boobs are not the same. Hell. You know, um, your legs, your stomach, everything stretch marks, and I've never really felt the need to cover myself up or feel like less than or more than. I look at people, and if they don't have stretch marks, like amazing, you know. And if you do, like hell, amazing too. Just share them, and I think that 
loving my body in every stage of everything that I've been through, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's, you know, working out or recovering and this and that has made me love myself more than I did before. I think a lot of women take a lot of pain, take a lot of shame, take a lot of things behind closed doors and they don't open up to anybody and they just blame themselves and your mind gets so filled with so many negativity and even things that are not even your fault there's things that you're not even in control I can't control anybody but myself and the way I see things and the way that I feel things and the way that I take things in in every way because it's only me you know and being a mommy has taught me that I'm not in control of everything. And I can't be. And just realizing that and owning up to me, myself, my actions has helped me out so much. Because I also want to touch on being a mommy and going through loss, separation, and everything. It can trigger on the way that maybe you raise your children and the way that you love on them and the way that you see so many things that other people won't see but then again nobody knows that because nobody's you and now being a single mommy of two boys under four has taught me so much and one of those things is a lot of the baggage that you carry within you unknowingly gets tossed to them and I think it's so important for us to really sit down and have a talk with yourself and say hey what's really going on hold yourself accountable for the good the bad the in between y déjale a las demás personas the responsibility you know and just take responsibility of what am I doing for me? What am I doing for them? How is whatever is bothering me, whether it's making me happy, how is that affecting them? Um, again, these are all labels. You know, you had preterm, miscarriage, separation, um, co-parenting, single mom, single mom with financial help, but father is not all in you know all of those things having to you know take care of the children when they're sick breastfeeding them while they're sick and you have a kid under two cleaning the house because obviously you're a single mommy you can't rely on anybody else you know taking them to the hospital and having two kids to deal with I've been really blessed to have family that helps me when they can but I don't rely on them for them to help me because I take responsibility on they're my kids so I'm responsible for them but I have learned to ask for help and I didn't know that when I didn't have kids I refused for the life of me to ask for help because I can do it alone but when you have kids you have to be open to ask for help Mainly because if you're not well, they're not well.
Ezra almost died on me on July of a severe allergy that I had no idea he was allergic to. And having to experience that horrific moment in my life, I think shook me to make so many changes in my life. And one of them is to be a single mom and raise them alone and just push and be an advocate for, I need to set boundaries. I need to, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster, but I'm in love with it. I'm completely in love with every single thing. And I thank you so much for sharing this space with me because it's a way of honoring that it's Oliver's birthday. And I honestly feel that Matthew and Oliver are holding hands right now in heaven and they're just so happy how far I've come how far not only have come but how Esther and Gael are growing up and how regardless of everything that has tried to put me down I'm so stubborn and the fact that I've been stubborn in such a bad way but it has taught me so many things and being stubborn now and the children and I deserve better and I'm not giving up until I get it and I'm not going to take a maybe or a wishy-washy no I'm not and there's so many girls there's so many women that are holding on to a hope they're holding on to so many things and it's like please wake up and realize that you're the hope you're the change you know if you're scared of taking that one step just take it you've been in this road for so long just take it you know I'm not done I don't know where it's taking me but you have to completely be fed up where where you are and want change and just demand it and and do it because you have to do it you have to take the work you have to granted you're going to be tired but you know like i said ask for help um talk to friends read books push yourself go out the house if one thing has saved my sanity is grab the children and hey let's go to the park you know get the stroller and hey let me go for a jog it's just create an atmosphere for yourself and the children that's going to be safe and that's going to give you fresh air because in the house you're always going to find something to do there's a pile of dishes right now because i've been in and out of the house these few days the vacuum has some i have laundry but i'm like okay i'm alive just sleep for a few hours and you worry about it later, you know? And that's how I've really just been taking it. I can honestly say these children have saved my life, each one of them, so differently. But it has just made me who I am now. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful for it. And I just keep pushing because... It's not easy being a mommy. You sometimes sleep on your four hours, three hours. It's like a full-time job and a leg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. That was beautiful. 
Like, I'm sorry. No, I'm okay. keeping you. No. Um, what would you like to say to your boys, Matthew and Oliver, for their birthdays? Because both of their birthdays passed. Both of their birthdays passed. Um, for Matthew, I can't remember what I did, but I know I did something special for him that day. We went out on a picnic. Yeah, I took the boys out on a picnic, and I just found him everywhere. I don't know how to describe him. And for Oliver, I'm planning to make him a cake. Justin's, um, before, I used to go visit them where we spread the ashes. Mm -hmm. But after a while, I said, I spread the ashes in the ocean, so he's everywhere. He's everywhere with me. And so I don't necessarily need to, to quote unquote, yeah, go to a place when he's everywhere. So tomorrow, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do step by step, but definitely going to have a cake. I'm going to sing happy birthday. And I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for both of them, for all their teachings. They made me so wise. I want to say thank you for giving me gifts. Thank you for giving me peace. And time and time again, I have to just remember, you know, you have gifts of God and you have peace. And maybe you don't see them. But if you just take a breath and think about everything you have, you have it all. Through my journey, like I mentioned, I love, I love God. But... I was in and out. My faith was being tested in so many ways that when Oliver was born, I took a toll, a huge toll on me. And not only my back, everything. So I was really mad at him. I refused to go to church. I refused to read the Bible. I refused to even say a prayer. And it came a point in my life that I don't remember when it was. But I clearly heard him speak to me and why are you so mad? Like, your kids are fine. I gave you peace. But just backwards, he said, I gave you a gift of God and I gave you peace. Why are you taking it for granted? Automatically, I just felt the hugest slap in the face. But I also felt a lot of love and a lot of reassurance that they were good. So Matthew means Mm -hmm. And Oliver is peace. It's peace. I want to say that mommy misses you so much. And that I felt so guilty before because I didn't cry. I didn't sob. I didn't self-harm to feel pain. I don't need to do everything to remember them, to love them, to know that they're here with me and that I carry them everywhere, you know? And literally every breath that I take, I'm so grateful that they made me a mommy because without their lessons, I wouldn't be able to be raised Esther and Gaia the way I'm raising them. You know, the patience and 
sometimes I'm reminded that when they're playing around, I could swear that I feel four presents. And I just, and I just smile and sometimes I just sit wherever I am, the couch, the floor, and I just watch them play. I even watch them fight or sore fight. And there's so many times that I have been able to babysit boys and it's always two and my two and they're always around the same age that Matthew or Oliver would have been and so I just smile and I just smile because nobody knows but I know and it's only you know just for that second just imagine them together but I know that they're good and I know that I'll meet them one day. And that within itself gives me a lot of peace. I know they're not in pain. I know they're not hurting. I know they're not sad. You know, I believe in heaven, so I believe that everything's peaceful and that I'll see them and that I'm doing everything on my behalf for me to be able to see them and for them to see me. Well, you said that you felt um, Matthew all day. You saw him all day? Yes. Where, how do you see him? What, what is that like for you? Most of the times I see them in Esther or Gaed's smile. Uh, I want gestures they do even though I never had him with me. Um, butterflies helped me so much during the process of healing when I was healing with Matthew with Oliver it was nature a lot of nature so that's one of the reasons that I go out and I love to be involved in outdoors and jogging and parks and you want to get dirty I have extra clothes Ensuciate, you know, mm -hmm. just little things like that where I just feel him. And sometimes I'm not even looking for a sign, it's just a certain breeze that just lets me know, like, I'm here, mom. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You're Opening welcome. your house to me, thank you. This home holds a lot of stories, yeah, it does. It's the home that held hope. Mm -hmm. continues to hold hope. Yes. I think that's the one I'm going to call this episode. <laughs>before we go i want to say happy birthday to baby matthew and baby oliver i am so filled with love and appreciation for the impact that you two beautiful angels have made on your mother's life and i know that also on your brother's lives ezra and gael and on behalf of your mother maggie and myself I want to say that you are remembered and that we hold space for the healing that you were meant to bring to her, to your family, and to anybody else who might be listening to this.
Okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Crown of a Mom series. I want to say thank you one more time to Maggie for opening up her house, opening up her heart, and sharing her experience with all of us. I hope that through this episode, we were able to leave a little more secure in your space and leave a lot less silence in your hearts. Until next time, babes.